Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Monday, January 20th. I'm Chris Hurdy. Today, we're honoring the one-year anniversary of the Women's March by highlighting an initiative to put some of the country's most progressive female candidates on the 2018 ballot. But first, the headlines. Carl Higbee, appointed chief of external affairs at the Corporation for National and Community Service by the Trump administration, has resigned after comments he made on an internet radio show resurfaced. Higbee made derogatory remarks about African-Americans, Muslims, women, and the LGBTQ community, claiming Black women believe, quote, breeding is a form of government employment. The Supreme Court placed a temporary block on last week's federal court ruling against GOP gerrymandering in North Carolina. Lawmakers were ordered to come up with a new map by January 24th, but the Supreme Court decision means the midterm elections are now expected to use the existing boundaries. And... According to the Anti-Defamation League, violent white supremacists were linked to 18 of the 34 deaths attributed to extremists in the U.S. this past year. CEO Jonathan Greenblatt warned against underestimating, quote, the effect of an increasingly visible alt-right. And now, here's the news you won't get anywhere else. One year ago, close to 500,000 people descended on Washington, D.C. for the Women's March, and events around the globe collectively mobilized an estimated 3 to 5 million people. January 21, 2017, went down in history as the largest day of protest America has ever seen. Now, in honor of the anniversary of the Women's March and the launch of the organization's new Power to the Polls Get Out the Vote initiative, Broadly is putting a spotlight on some of the most progressive women candidates on the 2018 ballot. Many of these women will make history if they win. Here's Vice's Ankita Rao speaking with Broadly writer Leila Edechfini about her interviews with these trailblazing women. Last year, we were all kind of stunned by the massive amount of people that showed up for the Women's March. And this year, the tone of it has changed a little. Tell me about... What were the goals of the Women's March in 2018? This year, the march was focused on action instead of the ethos and passion of last year. So last year, it was about getting people on the streets, getting people riled up, showing this administration that women and other minorities and marginalized groups aren't just going to take what we knew they were about to throw at us. Um, So this year was focused more on getting people to actually vote. We have the midterm elections coming up in November and primaries throughout the year before that. And so, like, I think the goal was to say that our anger and, you know, our passion doesn't mean much if it's not equaled in our actions and if we're not going out there and um, making it tangible by voting. Part of your project talks about this initiative called Power to the Polls. What exactly is that? 
Power to the Polls is an initiative that the Women's March has launched starting at the protest on Sunday, and it will go throughout the year until November, and they'll be hitting swing states, working with local organizers to get people registered to vote to make sure they do as much as they can to combat voter suppression in certain areas. And um, the head of communications there told me that different states have different issues when it comes to voting. So she said based on a state's needs, they'll focus on, you know, making sure people have their IDs or making sure people know who's running, etc. And Power to the Polls is actually launching in Las Vegas, which is interesting. Why did they choose that city? The Women's March has chosen Las Vegas as the main site for their event this year, uh, in part because it is a battleground state. All four House seats are up for re-election, and also in part because it serves as a great example as the rest of the country in terms of its female representation and its Congress and three female mayors around the state. It seems like there's two parts to this initiative, getting people empowered and also signed up to vote and also making sure that they have people that they trust running for office. Who are some of these women that are going to be up for election this year? Yeah, we've got almost double the amount of women running in the 2018 elections than we had in 2016, actually. We have Feru Saad running in Michigan, who could be the first female Muslim Congress member uh, we have Stacey Abrams, who, if she wins, will be the first black female governor in U.S. history. We have a woman who, if she wins, will be the first Native American member of Congress in U.S. history of any gender and the first Native American governor, if she wins as well. We're a year into the Trump presidency, and a lot has happened. The Me Too movement has exposed a bunch of sexual harassment allegations and There have been several conversations around different reproductive rights and limiting access to them. How is this year a particularly important year to focus on the women that could be voted into office? We have the midterm elections coming up in November. Democrats have the opportunity to take back control of um, the House or the Senate or possibly both. And I think that Women across the country, especially women of color, are finding themselves at the intersection of all of these different causes that have been directly targeted under the Trump administration, whether it's rhetoric used against women, rhetoric used against Muslims, rhetoric used against the black community. So I think that more than ever, that representation is extremely important. We only have 19 percent female representation in Congress right now compared to 51% of the American population that's female. The average age in Congress is 57, and those are largely white males. So I think it's an important time to get female voices in the door for the next four years at least. Is this specific to Democrats versus Republicans, or are some of these women running also Republicans and conservatives? Mm -hmm. I think we've seen an uptake in women Republicans running as well. However, that number doesn't compare to the amount from the left that we're seeing mobilizing right now. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the rights that have been attacked. We know that the left is a proponent of reproductive rights, for example, um, more than the right has ever been. And they're just more likely to stand up for women's rights as a whole. How does the Women's March this year serve American women beyond just these concrete steps? 
I think right now for women in America and also any member of a marginalized group in the country, we can probably agree that it's been a tough year. All these communities have been attacked separately. And I think that when we get together to march against what's happened, it can be a much needed beacon of light after what feels like a really dark year. Um, We've got 11 months till November, and that can seem like a while, but at least we have a concrete date of when things could possibly change. And I think having that goal and then being at something like the Women's March where you can look around and see, you know, the masses in support of causes that you're also in support of can be really inspiring at a much needed time. To check out our full coverage on the Women's March, go to broadly.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. For more news and culture, check out vice.com. And tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.